Greetings and welcome to an Odyssey in Territory. I'm your host, Dan Riley. Once upon a time, there was a man who felt he'd reached the end of his rope. It seemed that all the interest had suddenly vanished from his life. His creative wells had seemingly dried up. He still had his work, but it suddenly felt meaningless. Even his family and his home receded darkly in his mind. Finally, nearing the point of desperation, he went to see his old friend, the family doctor. The doctor listened to his story, saw the depth of his depression, and then asked, When you were a child, what did you like to do best? I'd like to visit the seashore, he said. All right, the doctor said. You must do exactly as I tell you. I want you to spend all day tomorrow at the shore. Find a lonely stretch of beach and spend the entire day there from 9 o'clock in the morning until 6 o'clock in the evening. Take nothing to read and do nothing calculated to distract you in any way. I'm going to give you four prescriptions in order. Take the first at 9 o'clock, the second at noon, the third at 3 o'clock, and the last one at 6 o'clock. Don't look at them now. Wait until you arrive at the shore tomorrow morning. The man promised he would take the doctor's advice. And the next morning, a little before 9 o'clock, he parked his car on a lonely stretch of beach. There was a strong wind blowing in from the sea, and the surf was high and pounding. He walked to the sand dune near the seething surf and sat down. He took out prescription number one, opened and read it. It just said one word, listen. That was all that was written on it, the one word, listen. And so for three hours, that's all he did. He listened to the sound of the buffeting wind and the lonely cries of the gulls. He listened to the sound of the booming surf. He sat quietly and he listened. At noon, he read the second prescription. It said simply, reach back. And so for the next three hours, he did just that. He let his mind go back as far as it could go, and he thought of all the incidents of his life he could remember, the happy times, the good times, the struggles, and the successes. At three o'clock, he tore open the third prescription. It read, re-examine your motives. And this took so much intense thought and concentration that the remaining three hours slipped quietly by. For three hours, he re-examined his motives, his reasons for living, and moved closer to fulfillment. He clarified and restated his goals. At six o'clock, under a gray, darkening sky, and with a taste of salt spray on the wind, he read the fourth and final prescription. It read, Write your worries in the sand. There had been one thing that had been worrying him in particular. So he walked to the hard sand and with a stick wrote his chief worry in the sand and stood looking at it for a moment. Then as he walked toward where his car was parked, he looked back and saw that the incoming tide had already erased his worry. He got in his car and drove homeward. A different man, no doubt. This simple yet profound story was titled The Man, the Seashore, and the Four Prescriptions. It was first told over 75 years ago by author, minister, and radio broadcaster Norman Vincent Peale. Most people would remember him as the author of The Power of Positive Thinking, a book which would remain on the New York Times bestseller list for 186 consecutive weeks. Peale was controversial to be sure, but he made many positive contributions to our culture, some still going strong today. He founded the magazine Guideposts, which today still boasts more than 2 million subscribers. 
The magazine focuses on non-denominational Christian principles, inspirational stories, and accounts of personal triumph. It accepts no advertising, and the content comes primarily from its subscribers. And it was from one of those subscribers that Peel found this story. I do believe almost eight decades later, similar prescriptions are more needed now than they were then. Our culture is now interconnected online 24-7. And with the ubiquity of mobile phones, we are now connected to social media 24-7 as well. While there are many splendid things about social media, the truth is our country, especially our youth, are in peril because of it. Multiple studies have found that with heavy social media users, there is a direct link to those that suffer from anxiety and depression, along with many other maladies. Like nicotine, alcohol, and other drugs, there is an addictive component to social media. When one gets likes, shares, thumbs up, or any other fable reaction to their content, their brain releases the feel-good neurotransmitter called dopamine. But it gets worse. Like gambling, social media can become a compulsion. It creates a psychological craving to check in, where one becomes easy prey for the advertisers. Here are just a few statistics driven by social media. 90% of people admit to using their phone while driving. 70% of people sleep with a phone. 10% of teens check their phone more than 10 times a night. How's that for the quality of their sleep? Less than any other generation in recorded history, our children are only outdoors an average of four to seven minutes of unstructured play a day while spending almost eight hours in front of electronic media. I can hear throw from the grave as if you could kill time without injuring eternity. An addiction to social media causes a disastrous inversion. The true self is dethroned and the mind takes dominion. And while the mind is a great servant, it makes a terrible ruler. As ruler, the mind can be likened to the American pygmy shrew, a mammal that must eat three times its body weight daily to survive. For the entire 24-hour cycle, the shrew eats about every 15 minutes. A full hour without food means certain death. Once ensnared in the web of social media, the mind must continually feed as well. If not, it too fears certain death. Despair not. We can update the seashore prescriptions for this modern day malady. Peel's story serves as a blueprint to reinstate the true self to sovereignty. When I say true self, some refer to this as the inner self, the higher self, the authentic self, or just the soul. Pick your label. Take a little time to determine where you feel best in nature. It can be just one place or several. Commit to visit this place or places four times a year for at least three hours. If you are a business person, you may favor quarterly visits. Some may choose seasonal visits. The intervals are irrelevant. Write the following words or phrases on separate but identical pieces of paper. Values, duty, purpose, mission, reputation, legacy, goals, my gifts, to whom do I owe, and the last one, integrity. 
Take each paper, fold it in half to hide the text, and place it in a receptacle that you can easily draw from. Select one or more of the folded papers, depending on how much time you're allocating for this exercise, plan for three hours per topic, and without reading it, place it or them in an envelope. Approach this process with some reverence, much like those who interact with the I Ching. Trust that Providence has a guiding hand in your selection. Without any books, phones, computers, or any of your favorite distractions, proceed to your selected place in nature with just a notepad, pen, and your envelope. Randomly select a topic if you have more than one. Then for the next three hours, while immersed in nature, whether stationary or ambulatory, contemplate the subject you have selected. For example, if you drew the subject purpose, do you believe humans have a purpose? What is your purpose? Did you select your purpose or is it selected for you? If you know your purpose, are you living it? If you know your purpose and are not living it, why not? These are just examples. Each of us will have an individual line of inquiry to follow. Each time you find your mind diverted to non-related subjects, gently bring it back. After your contemplation has concluded, write down and save your insights. Use the same process for each topic you have allocated time. Once completed, return your topics back to the receptacle and in 16 weeks begin the process anew, building successfully with your written insights, which over time will become a goldmine of self-discovery. This is a simple process, not an easy one. If your mind has been like that pygmy shrew gorging on social media 24-7, these prescriptions at some point will cut the shackles and invert your mind back to its rightful place as your servant, not your master. This may not happen after your first trip to nature, but I promise you this. If you stay with the process, one fine morning you'll wake up outside the prison of social media, and social media will take its rightful place as your servant. Contemplation of these 10 heady subjects can benefit all of us, not just the social media addicts. Whatever your labors and aspirations are in this noisy confusion of life, if you will periodically ruminate on these loftier concepts, you will, as Thoreau wrote long ago, join a higher order of beings. For my part, that's all there is. This is Dan Riley taking you on an odyssey into oratory. Until next time, throw up those bowlines. We're on the moon now.